What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Now, I know what you're all thinking. We have not been up for a while. We weren't here last week. Had some things going on. Football season in the fall season brings its own craziness. And not only that, but myself, Shantice, and Jeff are all heavily involved in high school football and covering high school football in the, both the Carolinas and beyond and way beyond in the middle of nowhere. So that um, creates some hectic Friday nights. And so uh, things kind of fell to the wayside. So to start out, um, we still want to look talk about it because you know we needed to. I'm gonna give you know my thir- my thoughts on that Patriot game and how disheveled I was after the fact with you know Corral going down, what that was gonna mean for the roster and for the guys. Um, Matt Corral going down, we kind of knew wasn't gonna have a huge impact on this season, but you hate to see that happen to a guy like that. And knowing what sort of impact he could have had off the field for the Panthers, um, and then going further, you know the line. We had uh, and they had announced the starting line. We had seen Christensen and and Icky were going to be on the one side with then F L F line at center, and then um, Corbett and uh, and Moten on the right. And uh, it was not the best. It was a bit worse for wear. That, that Patriots game uh, did not leave uh, did not leave the best taste in my mouth. I don't know about y'all. Um, he just didn't look the sharpest. But um, uh, and, and it's mainly just that offensive line still has me questioning a lot of things as far as like, can we actually protect our quarterback well enough to have success? I think Baker played well. Again, he's another guy I was impressed by. Uh, the receiving core, the I, the guys that we actually play, I thought they play play uh, play good as well. The running the running backs, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't had a chance to get a great look at at, at the running backs, but love it. You know, out of all the guys in the backfield, popped out the most. They actually showed a lot more, a lot more flair than we've seen from 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 Chuba and Deontay Freeman for for most of the preseason. So, um, again, that left side is still getting it together. I mean, it, uh, Icky and Christensen, they, they're still young. And and again, it, it, one thing I'm noticing early is that early on they're starting out shaky, but they're two guys that are playing. You know, Icky getting used to playing left tackle at the NFL level. Christensen getting used to playing a new position at the NFL level. Two guys that are still trying to get their feet wet and still trying to get themselves stabilized at two critical positions that we need them to be successful at if we actually want to have a chance to win more than five games this season. So I think it's just a matter of, it's a matter of time. It's just going to be a, it's, it's a learning process for both of those guys. And it, it's going to get it's going to look ugly before it looks better for, for those two guys on, on the offensive line. Yeah, I didn't see much of the game. I was in and out of it. But what I did see was a little bit of what you guys have hinted on. The one thing I would say that I I was a little bit more impressed with as far as Baker Mayfield and, and how he was able to utilize a lot of different receivers. It wasn't just, your, you know, the, the go-to guy, Shot Smith, to your point, Shantice, you know, that's your guy that you're touting for the year. He showed up huge. Um, I did see Baker looks to be much more comfortable in his in, in his leading the offense and leading the team in, in its totality. Um, one thing I did see also from the, from the other side of the ball, though, um, before we, you know, go too much into getting into specifics was it looked to me that the defense was playing with a lot more poise, but like they were getting much more comfortable in what, in what is going to be expected of them coming into the beginning of the season and how we're going to have to be a complimentary team, both on both sides of the ball. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, look, Shy's been playing. Well, we'll start with that. Cause Shy's been playing out of his mind, really making Shanti's look like a top tier, a, t- a top tier uh, uh, analyst out there in terms of the, uh, the the weight that he had on him. I mean, and he's playing. So he got me. He got me even thinking that that round sixteen came through for my draft, and I was like, look at, <laughs> look at DJ's already gone. Do I want Robbie or do I want Shy Smith? I, I I waited there. I was I was I was disheveled for a moment. I was like, you know what? I'll get him in. I'll, let me give him a few weeks. I'll get him up on the waiver wire. But to my point, you know, the what I'll say for, you know, if the Patriots game made me feel, you know, unexcited, you know, really had a lot of questions. I think the Bills game, especially, you know, it's preseason, but the way they played up against the starting squads, you know, that's the, the third game now is going to be the most time where your starters are going to be out there. Baker was there the entire half. You know, Josh Allen um, was there for a little while. And so I think. That like this game gave me a bit more to be confident about, which I always hate because I either like I hate it either way. Because if we do horrible that last game before preseason, I'm like, all right, cool, I have nothing to be excited about. I can't get my hopes up. But if they do really well that game right before preseason, I'm like, okay, well, damn it, now I'm excited. Like now I actually want to see this. And I think the biggest thing was what you were talking about, Chantice. 
especially and now I'll say this with the caveat of really just the starting group, the offensive line looked a lot more together this week. Baker had a good amount of time to throw the ball. He had a good amount of, there was no holes open and there was a good amount of time for the different passes and the different packages that they were running. I'll say they looked, you know, they looked pretty good over there. I mean, the front four for the bills, it's good. Not great. I mean, they've got some haymakers out there, you know, um, guys like Ed Oliver, our own, you know, um, FAO, or no, FA's on the uh, commander now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've got some haymakers out there on that line. And so it's not the greatest. You know, it's it's probably up there above average. But they were doing – they were handling it pretty well, I, I, will, I will say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, Mario Addison's still there. Is he, oh, that's is right. He not? I'm sorry, Mario. Yeah, yeah, more, more, uh, that's 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 another uh, solid pass rusher for uh, for them. And they, had, like I said, they have a veteran group on that defensive line. Obviously, we didn't see a guy like Von Miller because he's not going to play in the preseason, of course. So I mean, yeah, they, I think it was still a good test for uh, for our young guys. I think any team they play against, you know, they're going against stars and second string guys. These are still guys that still have more experience than most than than the key than the key parts of our offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, I mean, the offensive line is all about being being together, being one unit. And, and the more and more time they, they, they're they able to spend together and play and play as a unit, the better we'll see. And we saw improvements from we saw improvements from week two to week three in the preseason. The hope the, the hope is that, you know, these next couple of weeks, you know, prior to week one and, er, and early on in the season that, that they continue to gel and they stay healthy. That's the that's that's one of the keys, staying healthy and being able to continuously play as a unit for the next 17 weeks. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of what you guys just said. I think one thing that did um, come to come to light is when I think they interviewed Rashad Higgins either at, right after the game or maybe a day or two after, and he was talking about how Baker has really taken a commanding force with the entire team in itself, like being a leader just in the overall locker room, barring just the quarterback room. So to your point about the gelling piece, right, that's got to start with him and him actually bringing everybody along with him and what's the ride going to look like. Um, I think we do have some some holes. I, the tight end position still gives me pause, even though Trimble played a pretty decent game from what I saw. Um, he seemed to be pretty much getting himself into that tight end one spot, if you want to call it that. Um, I think I still think we need some work down. I know Richie went down. I think he went down and went out early in the game. So that kind of gives me some pause. So we need to look at that a little bit more. I think we discussed that, you know, a couple of times over the past couple of uh, podcasts and things of that nature. So looking at us on the offensive side of the ball, the line has always been our concern. I, I think we've talked to it blue in the face. I think it's going to take us that first, the first two games to see what we're really made of. And then we can make a true assessment, but I actually feel a lot more confident this year going into the season than I did last year. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, and we saw, you know, <clears throat> what I've been hoping to see. And like I said, and it's what I was talking about, you know, in the last few weeks was the opening up the playbook, you know, not giving away, you know, not throwing a uh, throwing up the farm there, you know, not doing that, but at least just giving us a little inkling. And I think they have. And what I've also liked, because I'll get back to the playbook in a moment, what I've really liked is, and what I saw from Baker, and it's specifically on that Shy Smith touchdown, was the, you know, the, the improv work, the maneuverability of what we know that he can do out in the pocket. Because you saw that. You know, it was his second or third read to get it out there to Shy, and I think that's the role that I'm hoping they're trying to put Shy in as well. You know, you've got you've got Robbie maybe going down down the middle of the field, short middle field. You got DJ maybe going out to the flats. That's a good package right there, sending Shy over the middle. It was, I think it was either a seam or he hit that skinny post, but either way, it worked. I said he was working. He was working. He, he was in the slot. He was working the seam. It was initially. It was initially a. It was initially a short. It was initially a shorter route. Breaks it off. Sees sees Baker scrambling, turns it upfield. Nice, nice veteran play out of shot. Smith to be able to be, to be able to realize, hey, let me get moving. Let me let, let me let me free myself up. Finds finds find himself in the end zone for the, for, for his first NFL touchdown. I think it was one of those things where, again, like you like like you said, there's going to be a lot of options offensively for the receiving core this year. If if Rob and it's mainly if Robbie comes to play and he gives us that 2020 version of himself, which I think under Baker he can get back to. I think there's yeah. no reason that why Robbie can't get back to that. Uh, you know, because I mean the one thing about the 2020 version of Robbie that the quarterback play was consistent, whether we lo- love Teddy or not. Teddy was consistently who he was each and every week. He knew you knew he was gonna hit certain spots each and every week. Um I think him and Robbie have seemed to form a, a solid connection. We just haven't seen a whole lot of them play together in the preseason just because I mean you're not playing your starters that much. Him and DJ 
you know, honestly, I expect DJ to be fine under any quarterback. So, you know, I expect DJ DJ to be able to eat up. You know, I think it's going to gonna be all about, you know, who or team going to key in on. And right now it's still got to be DJ Moore. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of room for guys like Higgins, guys like Shy, and guys like Robbie to really elevate their games. And I think that, like to your point earlier, Jason, that, you know, I, I don't know, I can't remember which one of you guys said it, but watching Baker hit all a lot a lot of different targets it bodes well yeah. for me it bodes well for us because i mean it's showing you his versatility and knowing that i'm not keen in on one guy it seems like he's learned from his time playing with playing with odell because that was his biggest struggle playing with the guy like odell was that he tried to force feed well here look there's not a star big enough for you to say we got to give him the ball besides right. mccaffrey and we all understand the situation we're in with him with having the temper expectations for how much he can touch the ball throughout the course of a season and throughout the course of a game so i think it's all the we're taking the right approach i feel like i will see once mccaffrey gets in games though because yeah. it's it's easy to say we're not going to feed him right now until oh it's third and seven third and five and we need a quick we need a quick seven eight yards and that's so what we'll I was see. thinking about. And that's what I was thinking about, right? So looking at the game and looking at what I saw, right? He was finding his checkdowns, right? Are those checkdowns going to be there when the real season starts, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be going against a lot faster front. You know, you're going to be going against a lot faster secondary. So those are one things I was looking out for. But another unsung hero that I saw out of the game was Dante Froman, man. He, he came to play. He balled out. I mean, he's everything that I have been touting since we got him and we signed him back over the summer. He's something that I'm looking for, seeing big things out of him. He seems to be really hungry. I've seen a couple of his posts. I started following him on Instagram and just watching out for what he's about and, and, kind, of, and kind of listening to what he's talking about. He's definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. So, again, providing those targets, giving us a little bit more of an open field to play with, and Baker being able to find those checkdowns. I think that that was something key that I saw. I agree with you completely. I was just about to mention that because I think, like we said, talking about opening up the playbook, I think Shanticia saw where he's going to fill in. You saw the routes out there for McCaffrey. Chuba had a couple screens out there, a couple out routes. That format, that touchdown for Foreman, which we are going to say, that was a nice catch. He had, yeah. that, he had that one off. That was nice. Yeah, like he, it was, it was <laughs> the back shoulder. shoulder as he's walking mm -hmm. in. Like that's not an easy catch, and it makes me feel a lot better for his versatility out on the flat. I mean, they did it with Richie as well, but until he went down, and we know Chuba is good. For a screen we know he like that's what that's what i'm hoping for chuba this year is is to like those third and sevens where we need the barrel to put because i think chuba has the ability you know everyone always said it was just you know the north and south finding a hole but i think he showed last year and he's showing that he can make those moves east and west he can in the open field if he's got blockers ahead of him and he, he can make some magic happen in the open field given if we give him those particular sets. You can take McCaffrey out of those equations, not put him in those instances. You can still use him on a pass out in the flats first down, let him see what he can do. But I think Foreman gives you that ability to, you know, ground and pound and get that as many, you know, five, six yards if you want. But I think that showed in the preseason they're willing to use those guys in the same sets they would use McCaffrey in, and they can seamlessly transition the three of them out. And I think that's what they need to do. Because that's the, I think it's the main way you're going to keep, like everyone's expecting McCaffrey to come back to this. Honestly, they're like, this is his year. He's going to come back fully healthy. It's either, it's half and half. Everyone's right down the sides, either going, he's going to be MVP candidate, you know, uh, player of the year candidate or comeback player of the year, or he's going to be, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, he's going to be sitting in the, in the sideline waiting for, you know, the next check to come through. And I think that this is the best way that you can go about not doing that. Um, and like I said, you know, I hope, there was still some stuff that I hope we see week one that they haven't shown in preseason because they didn't want to. More the more mobile options, you know, more the more designed runs or you know designed options for the guys we have there. I mean, they were running some of them, you know, the ones where you know I see like, which, I mean, the fact that Darnold was able to stiff arm someone's even Smitty said it. He was like, yeah, "That's disrespectful. You should feel shame if you got stiff armed by Sam Darnold." Um, but you know, you even see you even see some ability for it there. The one thing I will say about the offense, though that is both a negative and a positive is that first drive. I mean, we, we always look at that first drive and it's preseason, but a three and out opening first drive is nothing new for the Panthers. But what I did like was then the next two drives, you get a touchdown and then not only a touchdown, but capitalizing off of a turnover to get a touchdown, which is things that we have been lacking in, in, pa in years past. Hey, and, and to add on to that, not only capitalize off a turnover, but finishing in the red zone multiple times. That was the biggest thing. I, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I watched that game. I didn't get to watch it live, of course, because of Friday nights. But when I went back and watched the replay, I was like, man, 
I've, I can't remember the last time I felt confident for a Panthers offense getting into the red zone and finishing drives. And they felt new. I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, damn. I was like, we haven't done this since what, 2018 where we finished off drives. And I, I expect to finish off drives, but having a quarterback like, like a Baker, I, again, like, I, it's funny the narratives that was out there during the summer about Baker and Sam being close and how they play. I'm like, bro, like, listen, you cannot like Baker. You cannot like a lot of things about the kid. But the one thing he he isn't is a is a scrub. He can play ball, and again, he he helps. Stay, he he's helping stabilize his offense even now. You're seeing it. You're seeing the effects of having him on the field right now, and hopefully those effects go in go into the regular season and help. And hopefully they're good enough to to help make us a, a borderline playoff team. No, no questions. And let's not let's not kid ourselves. I mean, when he went to the Browns, the Browns hadn't seen the end zone since like 1986. Right. He gets there and he starts getting them in the end zone. He started getting them in, you know, into some real pivotal games where they were leading in the third quarter. They were in games in the fourth quarter. They were actually hitting it off in the red zone. So it's not a territory that's unfamiliar to him. Right. And so for me, that's why I'm talking about. I'm way more confident this going into this season because I feel like we have somebody at the helm that when push comes to shove, he's going to be another Cam-like player. I'm going to put it in there if you can't get it in there. So that's what we've, right. that's what we've needed. That's what we've lacked. I'm much more confident in him as opposed to Sam Donald seeing ghosts from first quarter to fourth quarter, right? We've got somebody in there that can be poised. Now, he's going to take some risk, but that's just the nature of the game, right? You start feeling the game, the game starts coming to you. You start feeling like you can push a little bit more. He's going to make a mistake here and there. We can't hold him to the fire for that. That's just the nature of his position and what he's trying to prove. And we're definitely going to need that going forward with the injury to to Zane Gonzalez, which at last we heard is Matt's given his normal run of the mill. You know, we, we don't know what it, but from what we're hearing, it's a a fair, it could be a fairly serious long-term injury, which would just be, which would just so be any, so any injury that happens like that on the sideline or just without being tackled, it's a serious injury. I don't care how we look at it. You're not wrong because I mean that's the only way that it could be classified as an injury. That's the only way it could come about unless you know there there's there, there's nothing happened to him for it to happen. It wasn't some hit or anything. He was literally just warming up on the sidelines. So I'm a little worried. I'm wor- I'm worried in that regard. We brought in a couple guys. Uh, Brian Johnson was one of them out of Virginia Tech. Uh, from a couple years back, he's been with the Saints and the Commanders there and chopping around. A guy out of uh, a guy out of uh, New York, we've been chopping around. But I mean, the like that would just be another like just real Panthers thing. Finally, a, a consistent kicker that we had found. You know, after going through the likes of you know uh, of Joey Sly and 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 all these guys that we had had. You know, that would just hoping for a fast recovery there because that would not be – we're going to be in some situations where we're going to – like it's either going to make it so that we don't rely on field goals as much anymore or we're going to need – like we're going to be missing not having him. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just one of the most unfortunate things. And, it's, and again, you we, we understand how critical field goal kicking is for a team that hasn't been very good as far as putting the ball in the end zone in the last few years. So we understand how pivotal that is. But I will say there's two guys in particular that I would love to see get a, get a phone call. And I thought should have got a phone call first before the guys that we actually called, Elliot Fry and Parker White. Elliot Fry more so than Parker White because Elliot Fry's got, got NFL experience. Parker White got better over his college career, but eh, not uh, I'm fine if he doesn't get a call. But Elliot Fry for sure needs to get a phone call. I don't understand why. I, I think he, I'm pretty. Sure, I'm positive he's a free agent. I don't understand why we're going with another Virginia Tech kicker. We see how Joey Sly worked out. Um, even the guy out of New York. I don't believe he's been successful. I just think he's been a guy that's been able to you know stick around the league for for a little bit. But yeah, call call up Elliot Fry, man. That's the only kicker I would want right now that I'm confident in sending out there right now to go kick me some go kick some you know some 45, 50 yard field goals for me to win games. Yeah, we need consistency. We need and we need guys that have shown the ability to play at this level at a high level. So yeah, Elliot Fry is a guy I want to sign if what we got to go. If we got to go get a kicker. What is what is surprising to me is that Matt Rule doesn't have a Baylor kicker somewhere. You know, I was thinking that too. I was just, like, I was just looking as around. many Baylor as, as as many Baylor players as we have. He hadn't called some one of his Baylor kickers. Like this is ridiculous. You want to you want to give us a quarterback that's from Baylor, but you don't want a Temple. But you don't want to give us a kicker? Come on, Matt. 
Yeah, but it also speaks to what he hasn't. I guess I don't know how well he's scouted the area as far as you know Clemson and South Carolina because that's that's the one thing people don't talk about when you when you go when you get these NFL head coaching gigs. You're supposed to scout your state, the surrounding areas: North Carolina, NC State, South Carolina, Clemson. Yeah, all of those guys. HBCUs. Everybody, you, you're supposed to scout your area for these reasons right here because you, practice squad guys. When, when you know when you have these mini camps and all of that, those guys are supposed to be the ones you bring up. I feel, I feel like that's at least what I've seen out of Rivera and John Fox in the past. They brought in guys from from around the area, and you see some of those guys made the roster. You see some of those guys stick around the practice squad. Hey, for reasons like this right here, when you have emergencies, you need to be able to have a guy you can go to. I mean, yeah, and, and, and and rules actually, or at least rule and or, you know, um, Fitter have actually done a fairly good job of it that we talked about it. I mean, the more the like more South Carolina guys drafted more nor- and, and North Carolina guys drafted in the last, you know, three years. I mean, we took two, two South Carolina guys and signed another actually signed two of them. Not if I'm not mistaken, because we had a cornerback. I'm fairly certain we signed yeah, with, with JT eBay last yeah, year prior yeah. to him, prior to the hit because Keith Kirkwood, he was on the roster as well. Yeah, then his daily to South Carolina guy. Yeah, I mean, we've literally had, and I believe, I, I, I think we drafted Daly too, if I'm not mistaken. We drafted him we later in 2020, and then we had, you know, both JC and we had Shy in the same draft, and then you have Icky this year. And so, and 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 they've obviously been scouting around and know a little bit about special teams in South Carolina. They were looking at Joseph. We had Joseph Charlton. We had signed Joseph Charlton. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a whole lot of stint. Plus, also, Fry has worked out for us and been si- and was signed by us for a short yeah. stint there. And that's why I'm saying, like, I don't understand why we haven't gone back. I mean, I, I don't know what he, he – maybe he didn't look great when we when we had him. So, I mean, that may be a reason. So, I, you know. I know last I had checked, he was shopping around. I thought he had gotten the spot from someone. I thought he – for Elliot, I thought um, he had gone around and done something. I, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but I thought I saw his name come up somewhere. Um but I mean, I mean, listen, listen. Tepper owns Charlotte FC. You better go get one of those soccer players off that damn bar. And Something. Them I'll like, take that. Let's not play. Let's not. Let's not play. Put some pads on them. Put a good lineman in front of them, and let's do it. You know, let's. I think. I, don't get me wrong. I think kicking is one of the most underrated positions on a football team. I think that we have a good pool that we could pull from. To your point, Shantice, if we've already got people that we've already had in our organization and we're familiar with them, let's bring them in before we start bringing in all these tertiary people. But again, I mean, I'm I'm really looking for you want to be an innovative coach, Matt Rule. Why not look at the why not look at the FC program? You may find a kicker. Like I'm not I'm not I, I say that I wouldn't be surprised. Cheek. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Yeah, I'm not, I would I say that tongue in cheek, but I'm 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 being like three quarters of the way serious on that. I mean, it's, it's been proven that it can happen and it can work. I wouldn't. I like. I mean, there and there are some guys out there that are soccer style kickers in the NFL and have made it work. There have been a couple of kickers throughout history that have been able to do that and and make it work. Um, it's just you know it's because I mean you sign Johnny Hecker, great veteran punter who has made a name for himself in this league and you may, and and who has done so well in terms of ball placement and then some of the special pl- you know he had those you know that fake pass. And he's had a couple of the times doing that. And then you have Zing Gonzalez. Like I said, first time we've had a consistent kicker in a while. You know, we had run through, you know, guys after Graham Gano had gone, had, had left. And, and we're still trying to figure that out. And, you know, and we've had issues with, you know, retention for kickers. We all remember the issue, you know, the Harrison Butker dilemma and how that went and how we, how that turned out for us. Um, so that's another thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm wary for these guys we bring in and you'd think you have someone from Baylor. I just, that's a, that's a point of emphasis that we need to, you know, find because it's going to come down to the wire and, and these injuries in the depth. And cause going for, I mean, this game going for, I mean, this game last week, we saw not only injuries, but the depth, the offensive line, once Sam got through was not looking good. Sam was not, did not have a lot of time to throw that ball. And of course it is Sam Darnold, but he didn't have a, not a lot of time to throw that ball. Of course, Sam went down as well. And whether again, that's another one of those injuries that Jason and I were talking that we were talking about the last few weeks, or if that's an actual serious injury and then, you know, Ricci and of course, Derek Brown, but Derek Brown didn't seem, his did not seem to be serious. Um, what I was Look at it. It was like abdominal strain, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was something in his obliques or something like that. But they they yeah. they just wanted to keep him out, you know, for the rest of the game there. Um, but look at depth is going to be a huge thing. It's a it's going to be a huge thing. And for the defensive side of the ball, I I saw a lot more than I liked. You know, I saw that once we got to that second and third, you know, I they were making some splashes, making some plays. 
Um, so defensively, I'm not super scared about the depth. I think that we've got a good coaching on that side of the ball to allow for that. Offensively, specifically the line, I am I, I'm concerned. Yeah, we've always had that issue, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. We've never been able to plug and play. We've always kind of mended here, put a Band-Aid here, beg, bar, and steal from here. So, again, it goes back to my point, I think, the previous episode in that I would like to see us spend a little bit more due diligence at the draft process on the offensive line as opposed to going out and getting these skilled positions. I understand best player on the board. I understand plug in what you need today, but obviously we've needed a line since 10 years ago. So to be much more diligent in that regard is where we need to be placing a lot more emphasis. But again, I mean, you know, quote unquote, the season is young. It hasn't really started yet. We're starting behind the A ball with a couple of key injuries, a couple of key nicks that we're going to need to kind of get mended to get started and get it rolling. Look, I mean, right to your point. I mean, there's some guys out there like, Shantice had put it out. It was the all free agency squad. It was a retweet he put out. That line, that line with guys that we have talked to, Daryl Johnson, or sorry, Daryl Williams, still out there. J.C. Treader, I know he retired, but come on now. He's still at the end. He's still the president of the association. Someone can throw him some money. If if, if Bozeman is, if you're worried about Bozeman, I'm just, it's better than Elf Line to me right now. I would bring in I would bring in Williams for a backup role without question. You put because Williams and Moten have that have that chemistry, and Williams and O we put him on a couple different spots throughout the years. We put him on the outside, you know, a tackle, and we put him on the inside as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was originally a guard when he was drafted, but I can't entirely. I know we I know we ran he he got his Pro Bowl stint as a right tackle, but. I, I would put him out there, put him next. I mean, if you want to put him next to, to, to Moten in a backup role or something like that, have him back somebody up. I don't think that would be a bad, a bad idea. Same with JC Treader. I don't think that's a bad idea either. Yeah. No, adding some depth will not, will not hurt us in that. And that, um, like I said, that, uh, that all, that all free agent team, that honestly with the right coach, that's a squad that could get you about 11 wins. If you, if you play your cards, right. I ain't gonna lie to you. But yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, um, adding guys, we still, like, we, we're still in, the, we're still in the mode of trying to add depth. You know, what I'm saying, trying to still add veteran leadership. Like I said, don't, I, I don't discount a guy like K. May is gonna play a good bit of, gonna get a good bit of snaps this year. Um, he, he's been, he's been a guy that I, that I've liked since day one of of, of the preseason. I mean, well, you know, since, since we started playing games, he's been a guy that's popped that's popped off popped on my screen a lot that I that I've liked that's played with that second unit, and it hasn't been a lot of bright spots out of that second unit except for him. So I expect him to fill in, especially in either the guard positions. I expect him to be able to fill in, you know, either two of those spots. Um, like you said, having po- you know, having possibly a a, a backup to, uh, to to our centers. I mean, right now, do we even have a timetable on when Bozeman will be back? They just said soon. They just said soon. It wasn't any kind of definitive answer. Like he's he's a work in progress kind of thing. But let's let's also understand too that we're talking about our line. There's another team in our division that has a way better quarterback at the position. If you look at who he is, that they're in need. And who do you think those linemen are want to go play for? Do they want to go play for the Bucks, or do they want to come to Carolina, right? So that's something that we have to keep in mind in the back of our minds that we're competing against the Tom Brady's or the world. We're actually also competing with Dallas. I mean, Dallas just lost two big linemen on, on their side too. So, you know, we got to look at the, the whole playing field of it all. The only thing I can say is I, I hope that Fitty and, and, and Tepper and, and Matt Rule are, are together on this and trying to figure out ways to get us much more um much more aligned off- offensive linemen that can come in maybe that mid-tier lineman that could come in and really come in with a with a big swing and really try to make a, a and catch fire for us instead of us to to my earlier point of we always seem to find like somebody from JUCO that was like the super senior that comes <laughs> in and and, and cannot fill that gap as much right like it, it, yeah it always it always seemed like we were playing with the with the family dollar line after our starters go down and, and that's something that's very frustrating being with an organization that that's just the nature of what we've always done yeah exactly i mean like i said mainly because i mean we're 
you know, back in the days, we, 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 we were cheaper on the dollar. So, I mean, they are starting guys were our guys. And outside of that, we make it have we, we may give you a surprise or two here and there. But for the majority, like you said, we're on the family dollar. Or, or we, were on a fa- we were on the family dollar t- type of budget. I mean, I remember drafting guys like a mini Sila Tolu out of like a D2 school years ago. I mean, and hoping and, that he and hoping he and, could be a good guard for us, you know. Yeah. And even at that, we still had like blue chip D one guys out there that we chose not to draft, which used to boggle my mind. Like, why would we not go get somebody from a Notre Dame? Why would you not take a guy from Iowa? Why would you not take a guy from Boise? And then you want to draft somebody from Aloysius Juco out in whoever knows where city, you know what I mean? Like that's always been our mantra. Exactly, man. And like you say, you know, I mean, missing on guys out of missing on guys out of the Big Ten is always always a bit no no for me because that's that's O line central right there. If you right. want to get you some old offensive linemen that are gonna play ten plus years in this game and get you a starting group that's gonna be solid, like I look at, I I, I look at of course of what of what the Dallas Cowboys did. A lot of their guys, if I'm not mistaken, were Big Ten guys. When they had that, when they had that stout front back in like 2016, 17, those were big ten guys that transitioned trans, transition to the game relatively quickly. Like, mind you, when they when they had that run where they were the best off of the line, those guys were young. They That's just right. so happened to have injuries that that took them that took them out, out of the game. But yeah, man, I you know for for us, it is depth is always the biggest thing, you know. And that's for that's for any team, but for the great teams and for the good teams consistently that 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 are able to compete. You better have a guy you can go to that you trust, and and again we 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 consistently see that we don't trust the guys the guys behind us. I mean we talk we got a roster still with Cam Irvin holding up a spot, right. a guy that we know good and well. We don't like the coaches surely shouldn't like at this point, and hasn't played well enough for for anybody to true to truly like him outside of his own family. So I mean I you know I, yeah, yeah that's right. definitely an issue. And even with that, Shanti's like. You said you're talking about the Big Ten. You think about that, even in the SEC, even if we don't get the first five or six blue chip top ones, those other people on that line that played for Alabama, that played for Georgia, they're not good enough to come play for the Panthers. I beg to differ. Like, why are we not giving more attention in those areas where you can sign this guy who's probably working a construction job right now, trying to get in on Arena Football League? that played for Alabama, that played for Georgia, that maybe, listen, that played for Georgia Tech, okay? Or Wake Forest, right? Why are we not going after these guys to at least come in and at least backfill what we have instead of going to these other, like we are talking about, JUCOs and like D2, D3 schools? Look, at that point, at at this point too, we're not above anything. We're not above, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the impossible and, and the Eagles. We're not above anything like that. And there's a pretty prominent arena football league right down the road at the Bojangles Coliseum. Seriously, they won the championship last year. TD and 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 Captain Munderland are the part owners of it. Same with I think Ted Ginn. And I they got some. They got to have some big boys over there. They got to have a kicker. I I think that kicking. I'm not sure, but they got to have somebody over there that you can at least talk to. Call you know dial them up. I mean, they might not have NFL experience, but at this point, we're not we're not above it. We're not above any of it because, like, just for the depth, because clearly we've seen injuries are going to continue to be an issue for us. They're going to continue to be an issue. I, I don't know what it is, but it seems it's, it's happening more and more often, and it's another reasoning why the preseason in itself does not need to be as long as it is or exist as much as it does. But I, I just, I mean, you know, just go – Swing for the fences, you know, like go all out. You know, if, if you're going to do it, like you might as well just do it because the depth that we've got and the guys we've got, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm okay with, but there are definitely still some spots that are just worse for wear around here. Like I said, the most I, I, I'm, I'm semi-confident. I don't want to say fully confident, but the defense is, is giving me a bit better, you know, so I'm sleeping better at night about this defense. I, I think, you know, JC looked, JC looked good. I think you know he wasn't he didn't make any big splashes, but he wasn't really going up. I mean, he's not going to go up against anybody. But um, you know, I think that uh, I think that he looked you know he looked all right. Um, I think we I, have a lot more continuity on that side of the ball when you look at it holistically, right? Like Snow getting Wilkes back is bar none probably the best thing that could have happened to that defense because you bring back in like I was saying last time, you bring back a familiar voice. And that voice holds merit because of the way that defense played when he was there. That defense was lights out when Wilkes was the DC. I mean, we can sit here and joke about all we want to. 
the defense was lights out. So you have somebody whose voice is going to be heard and who can definitely relate to those guys a little bit more than Phil Snow can. So I'm not too worried about that defensive side of the ball. I'm much more concerned with the consistency. Um, maybe if you're talking about the defensive side of the ball, much more of that consistent play in that secondary. Because we tend to get beat deep more often than not and really need to figure out what that looks like going forward, especially for this season. If you look at our, if you look at our, uh, our schedule, you know, we're going up against some pretty good wide receiving cores this year. So, you know, those, 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 those deep threats are going to come much more into play. And I'm just very curious to see what we have in store for that. Yeah. That, that, that secondary for me definitely poses, uh, poses some real questions. Like you said, you're getting JC back. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Jay Henderson play, you know, much bigger than his role was last year and showing a lot more growth. I'm excited to see him and, and, and what, and, and what he can make our secondary look like. But, um, yeah, that secondary is going to have to be honestly the best unit. It has to be the best unit because I mean, just by sheer talent, they have the most talent on the roster. Um, so uh, uh, like you said, Jason, we got some tests coming up uh, early, early in the season and throughout this and throughout the course of the season. Look, man, they gotta be they gotta be able to come through for us because I mean, having a, a you know, JC's got to prove that he's that number one guy that we all thought he was because if he's not, then we're kind of still in that same boat where we're just kind of floating around trying to figure out who who's going to take the best guy this week. You know what I'm saying? So we got to hope. I mean, it, it, our, our hope's got to be that the rest of the secondary improve. Uh, hopefully Henderson comes along and plays like the top 10 pick that he was coming out of Florida. And um, Dante, um, she's no I mean, action, no action, no action. Got to come and play. Just be consistent. Yeah, you know, I, I, we can we can get consistent play out of him, and I think we should be able to get more of that if he's not being asked to be tasked with the number one, with the number one guys. Then I think we can have we, we can have something shaking. And I, and I love Xavier. I like his Xavier Woods and Chin back there at safety, so I'm fine with those two guys. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I completely agree. And now, I mean, it's just about you know putting all these pieces together. You've got you know. You've got the time frame up until the first week of the season, and we've been talking about it all along, not really knowing what's going to happen, but it's that Browns game. And I, I, I look, I don't know. I, I, I want to see how y'all feel about this first coming, this first Browns game and just what, what your thought process is. Ooh, nervous, nervous to say the least, but I feel confident our defense should be able to dominate. That's the side of the ball is that well when it has to dominate. I can't. We can't see lapses in coverage. We can't see lapses and not being able to get to the quarterback because you're playing against Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. But there, who's the second receiver on on the Browns that's supposed to give me calls for balls? And who the rest of that receiving core? Who who else is there that's supposed to uh, pose a real threat? I haven't seen it throughout the course of the preseason. I don't know. Maybe I'm if I'm missing something, but defensively we should be able to dominate. Uh, I need I need guys like guys like Brian Burns. If you look, I mean, early in the season is usually where he pops off. Usually where he shines the most. I would, I'm gonna need to see a lot of that. Um, offensively, of course, if we can keep Baker clean, I think we got a shot. I think the offensive game plan is real simple. But keep Baker clean. Keep 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 him keep his jersey clean. If his jersey's clean, I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna see the end zone quite a bit. You know, I. I expect at least about three touchdowns out of, out of offense in that first game. I think that should be enough for the for the for the for the team we're facing. That should be enough to get the job done. You know, for me, first the energy is going to be electric. It's going to be absolutely nuts in the QC. Um, you know, with Baker and all of that, just all the hoopla around that. To your point, Shantice, for me, I'm nervous. But the real thing I'm nervous about is the run. Nick Chubb is a beast, bro. So. Yeah. You know, that middle, that that front four, you know, we just got to come to play. Like, bar up, get yourself together, mask up. It's going to be it's going to be a grinding Sunday. You're going to earn your paycheck going against him. Another thing I'm worried about is Njoku getting busy across the middle of the field. Right. Like he's that's his that's his sweet spot. That's what he plays in. So we talked about the linebacker core, some of our concerns. So with that, we've got to be a lot more diligent and vigilant in that in that area to win the game offensive side of the ball i feel confident in that if we're able to use mccaffrey dante foreman 
and use these, use them interchangeably and be able to make some of those plays and Baker's able to use those checkdowns and those checkdowns are available. He's not making quick reads and just throwing off of his back foot or throwing because he thinks they're open or he thinks he can throw them open. He's making poised decisions. I think we're going to make it a competitive game. You're saying three touchdowns. I'm going with three touchdowns, but the only way that we win this game is we're going to have to bring every force to the front to stop that run because that's going to be the key to this game. I agree with you. I mean, that run game is going to be brutal. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. I think another big thing, though, is is, is, that, is what I'm hoping to see, and it's what we have been lacking at Bank of America for the last, you know, four or five years. Is you know, it was a very underrated place to play in. There was, I mean, the, the sound that could echo through that place. You know, it was not an easy place to play in, especially when the guys are rocking and the team, and everything's going good. So having that momentum behind, I think, is really going to fuel Baker. He he lives for that kind of stuff, and you can see kind of rise and fall with how it would have gone in Cleveland. You know how it how it did or did not go in Cleveland. So having that behind him, I think, is going to be you know, is going to be big. I think, unfortunately, though, it's going to have a lot. There's going to be a lot weighing on those first on that first offensive drive. A lot weighing. I mean, there's a lot. You know. The, the fans at the fans in general and especially any still any that are in Bank of America have gotten this kind of, you know, the attrition set in in terms of those those deflating opening drives. You know, a three and out ain't going to do you that well. You're deep, I mean, you know, that, that the crowd is just not going to be sitting that well on a defensive drive. I'm hoping if I'm, you know, if, if I'm rule and I'm competent, if I'm a competent rule, if you win that coin toss, I think you defer. I think you defer. You get the defense rocking right off the bat. Then running that off that momentum right off the bat because you could go with that get that first offensive drive, but there's so much more. You know, if 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 the Browns score off of it, you know, if it's a long drive, that's a bit of a momentum killer. But I think another big thing with this def- with our defense especially, um, and it leads into this is is turnovers. It's what I've been I've been you know it's it, turnovers can change the course of the game. It is the it can build up momentum and switch it on a dime, and we have been very lacking in it the last, you know, and, and but in the preseason for see now again, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but we've had, I think what, at least one to two turnovers every preseason game and, and early ones too. I mean, yeah, because I think the lone touchdown against, or the lone touchdown against the Patriots was, yeah, that, was, that, was that pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's something that we have been looking that I think is automatically that's, that's Steve Wilkes right off the bat. I can tell you that right, right now. Um, but I'm hoping to see more of that because that's going to keep you in these games. If your offense is going to falter, changing that momentum, you know, your offense, I'm not looking to be the momentum changer right off the bat. I'm looking to set that tone, continue that tone. Um, but that defense is going to be what's going to flip the script for you and really make these games, you know, it's it levels the playing field of the teams you're going up against. Absolutely. Complimentary football, especially early in the season, is going to be pivotal. And like you said, we're playing against a backup quarterback to start the season off. Let your best unit go out there first and set the tone. Like you said, Jack, I mean, if your defense can go out there, get a three and out, get a turnover, flip the field. Main thing is it's going to be playing, it's going to be field position. Because I, I don't think with that defense they have over there, you want to start from your own 25 and you're, on, and you're inside your own 20 a lot of times. Your defense is going to have to be able to get off, get off the field quickly, get your offense back on, return game is going to be huge. I don't know if uh, Andre Roberts, seen, I don't know, he seems to be a guy that's gonna make the cut. They've talked about him even even in his absence. I know he got hurt in the in the joint practices with with the Patriots, but I mean, if he's back, having a guy like him returning punts, which which I would feel more comfortable with him returning punts than shot. Um, having a guy like that, they could possibly flip the field for you, put you in, you know, have you starting the thirty plus. You're gonna have to have all of that. I mean, it's it's gonna, but I but like but like we were talking about, your defense is gonna have to be the unit that leads the charge early on in the season. Mainly because defenses are more ahead of the offenses at this point in the season anyway. And because just no matter how far we get into the season, our defense is going to be the better unit of this team. No doubt. And all hands on deck, right? Like we talked about it uh, previous in previous times. We got to stay out of those long, those second and longs, third and longs, right? We got to continue to churn and burn through those downs and, and, and keep moving the sticks, right? That's the main thing. We got to move those sticks. We can't always go three and out go six plays and out. We got to continue to try to get across that 50. If we can make it across the 50 yard line, we give ourselves a chance to get into the red zone where I believe Baker plays some of his best, his best ball. So that's the things I'm looking for in this first game and really just looking for 
honestly and truthfully, I want they, I want Baker to wake up feeling more than dangerous. I want him to feel stealth on that on, on Sunday 9-11. And I think that, you know, it, it, and arguably, I mean, I think, you know, our offense, the pieces we have that we know are going to be good. We have those locked down. We've got money put into them. We've got contracts written up. We've got that done. The guys that we're still looking to figure out, you know, they're either building up their time or they're not sure how long they're going to be there. That's the question marks in terms of also McAdoo and then, you know, what rules doing defensively. This is like a collective <laughs> third year. It's, 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 you know, it's like a, a, a third year for a first round defensive draft pick. And that is what our defense is built up of a lot around the area. But, um, it's, I say that because, you know, year one with rule and that regime, it was, you know, very young, very volatile. It was the, uh, the highs and the lows. Like it was up and down doing what it could taking, you know, because the offense wasn't going to get you anything. You know, you were, you were putting the, the you were living and dying by the defense. The offense wasn't going to get you squat. The defense was getting four, three and outs, four and outs multiple times in a quarter. And the offense would give you nothing. Second year. Defense, you know, trying to figure out who they are, trying to continue to grow upon that, dealing with the injuries that they did. And the offense followed suit, again, way far behind. But at least this time you had special teams to kind of, you know, follow it along. You can get some good punts, some good field position. You could get some field goals when you need it. This year, though, Phil Snow's on the hot seat. Phil Snow's absolutely in the hot seat. And I'm saying it by week, by six or seven. This defense needs to be playing at its best going into that stretch come week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, because our offense isn't going to beat those teams outright. They're going to barely hold on against those teams outright. When you have got when you have teams like the Rams and you have teams like the 49ers that you're having to go up against, but the defense is what's going to be able to keep you in those games. Yeah. Your defense is going to be able to make those games level-headed because that's where we bring off that firepower. So early on, I mean, that first play against a rookie quarter or a backup quarterback, engage eight. Send all of them. Send the dogs. Empty. Open the cages. Let them all fly. Throw them off his groove from the get go. Get the bank rocking. And and that's what I want to see. You know, aggressiveness from this defense that we've seen in a more chaotic sense in the last few years. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a targeted chaos. It was kind of just dispersion. And I want to see mm-hmm. a targeted chaos. They talk about this positionless defense and how they built it up with guys like Yatur, who had a great had a great game. And 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 Ian and Ionitis, who also had a good game against the Bills, they talk about these positionless guys, and I don't want to see that in a controlled stance that actually provides you know something different that you would see across the league. You know, we definitely have to just play our best ball when we when we have it. We need to protect the ball. We don't need to have any frivolous turnovers. You know, I know we said we're going up against a backup quarterback, but let's not let's not kid ourselves. Jacoby Brissett is no regular backup, right? Jacoby Brissett. Is a, is, a, is a decent quarterback. I mean, he carried the Colts damn near to the Super Bowl. So you have to respect that man's game. I think one thing that we have to make sure that we're cognizant of, um, even on the, on the opposite side of that, is making sure we don't go in there overly confident in that Baker's playing against his old team. We need to go in there as the underdog and play with a chip on our shoulders going into that game. I don't want us going in off the energy off of Baker and taking it off or not. Yeah, I, I know. I know one thing that Jet pointed out to uh, too was uh, you know the games against uh, you know the the 49ers and the Rams. Well, you really start to test you know you really start to test that defense. And, and, and like you say, you know if you want to be one of the better teams, going up against a Kyle Shanahan, a Sean McVay, two of the young, two of the best young offensive minds in in the game. Look, if you want to take that next step as a defense, go up against those units and show us that you're one of those guys that you're one of those units. I mean, that, that's going to, that's going to be the perfect time to show, uh, to show the entire league that, Hey, look, we're, we're one, we're one of the top 10 units in this game. I mean, like, you know, I, I know statistically we finished, you know, around that top 10, top 15, but let's be realistic. We understand why that defense finished where it finished at a lot of times. I mean, look, uh, you know, your, your pat, your passing, your passing defense didn't, didn't get burned because your run defense was awful. And for the and, and, and for the majority of the year, you you kind of just look you kind of, you know, for the majority of the year, you lived off what you did in those first five to six weeks and didn't match those performances throughout the rest of the season. So, like you said, the, the highs and lows of, a, of, of, of that of that unit and this team overall has to steady out. We have to get more consistency. And like you said, we've all seen these this this coaching staff grow, at least rule and snow. We've seen them. They're to the point now where we should be able to get consistency out of out of, out of each out of each side of the ball. And we should st- we should be starting to look at 
how can we make a play make a playoff push for that last wild card spot? That has to be the goal here with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. I think is good enough to get you there, but everything else around him has to gel. I agree. I, I completely agree, and that's where you kind of see you know in this next you know week and a half or however long of a, of a period in between you know this game and the, and the and, the, and and week one. I think that's what we hope you know to implement some of those things to, to finalize some of those things to see these guys come in that haven't gotten it. I mean, I mean, I'm not worried about a lot of these guys, but they have not seen, you know, any sort of, any sort of play in terms of a preseason. It's been nothing for McCaffrey, you know, nothing for DJ, barely anything for Shaq. And it's not that I'm worried about it, but you know, that's where we need to see them. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue, especially if Tom Brady's taking sabbaticals the entire off season, then I'm fine. You know, I'm fine with that, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes along. Um, I'm looking for, you know, some some big things coming out. Like I said, this wide receiver core, especially because I think Baker provides something that each one of these wide receivers can utilize. You know, DJ can make it work with any quarterback he's got back there. And with a star caliber quarterback, I think that he'll elevate his talent completely. I think Shai's ran around enough enough mediocre quarterbacks to know that he can make his time work for him. He can make, you know, these plays work for him. Rashad Higgins already has the built-in chemistry. The one question mark really is Robbie, and I think Robbie is – not a consistent wide receiver in terms of his output and he needs a consistent quarterback to be able to give him just more, you know, targets. I think that's really what benefits the most is just getting more targets. So he has more of a spectrum to, to fall under. And so I'm hoping to kind of see all that. We, we know what we've got offensively and we know what we have defensively and that's the, always the most aggravating part. And it's the aggravating part for any, you know, NFL franchise. I know it was a Titans big thing forever, but it's like, you get, you got these guys on paper. Your team looks so good on paper. It's like a fan. It's like fantasy football. Your team looks so good on paper. But that does not always, you know, does not always translate to on-field production, and so that's what I'm I'm hoping to see, you know, coming out of week one. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and I mean, we also can't forget about a guy like Terrence Marshall, who I'm interested to see as the season progresses. Um, this is a big year for him. Man. It's crazy that being year two, you're already possibly looking at, you know, being released or being traded from from the team you were drafted by. But I'm, I'm hopeful that he finds his he finds his place on this team. And can stay healthy. That's the main thing. Stay healthy. Be available for your uh, for your team. Because I mean, like he was having such a great preseason those first couple of weeks prior to the injury starting to pile up. So I mean, so so the hope is that he can he, he can uh, come back and uh, show something as well. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed on all fronts. I think you know going into the season, my expectations is to make the wild card at least, if not go further. I am saying to your point, Jack, you're saying Phil Snow's on the on the hot seat. I think he's less on the hot seat than what we see on the offensive side of the ball, but do understand it, that he does have a couple of coaches on his coaching staff that can take his place if he happens to get let go midseason. So it wouldn't be a, a big a, a big gap there. I just think the cohesiveness of this team and what I've read and what I've seen, it looks to be much more of a familiar type of atmosphere going on everybody's got each other's backs nobody's under like undercutting being kind of snarky in the comments online or in any interviews everybody seems to have everybody's back it seems like you know we've got a good core going into the season so again I, I just don't want to go into the game game one overly confident I want us to go in not necessarily off of Baker's chip on his shoulder but just going in understanding that we need to win this game not only if we want to win it for Baker, but we need to win it for the city because the city's been fiending for this for, for so long. And for us to have a home game against a, a, a team that we've got their old starting quarterback from last year. I mean, this is this is the stage for greatness right here. I, I completely agree. And hopefully we can continue that and cultivate that and keep pounding. <laughs>